Chevy Equinox with forward collision alert, automatic emergency braking, and available all-wheel drive. It's my ultimate mobile device. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule a test drive. Chevy Equinox. It's your choice. Own it. Chicago's Afternoon News, 720 WGN. I'm Lisa Dent. This is my favorite part of the week. I get to talk to Tom Skilling. It's brought to you by Permaseal Basement Systems. Tom, did you buy a Mega Millions lotto ticket? I did not, Lisa. And by the way, if this is the highlight of your week, I haven't helped you. I, uh, I hope it gets better <laughs> than that. But I, I'll tell you, I feel the same way about talking to you. No, I haven't bought one. Did you? Not yet. I'm I'm trying to figure out how to go online and buy one so I don't miss the deadline tonight. But $810 million. Oh, I, you know, uh, we ran a story on the TV side last night, and I think they figured by the time you pay taxes on it, I think it's down to a mere $329 million or something like that. <laughs> and who can live on that, you know? Honestly, it's, Tom, honestly, I think it brings heartbreak. I, I think people win uh, these big jackpots, and it doesn't make them any happier. No. You know what? Years ago, um, there was one of our producers uh, who worked for Eddie Schwartz back when Eddie was doing our all-night show, and he won the lottery one time. I never really got to talk to him uh, at length over whether this made him happy or not. But I, I remember he would always say every week, did you buy your lottery ticket? Because he would buy one a week. And by George, he won the, uh, the lotto uh, one, one week. And so I'll tell you, I think there's something to what you say. It's not instant happiness all the time. No, and he obviously still came to work. You know, yeah. so you, you'd find out quickly uh, who your friends are, and probably uh, reconnect with long lost family members. You know, after you won that, once they heard you'd done it. Oh, they're all calling. There's no doubt about it. We check in with Tom every Tuesday. It is brought to you by Permaseal Basement Systems. Okay, so I'm hosting the Paws Chicago Beach Party tomorrow night on the top of the hotel at Navy Pier. So is that? It's so great. We'll have lots of dogs there, cats. Every once in a while, somebody brings a pet turtle. You never know what's going to happen. But they are great. We have a little kitty uh, who we adopted from Paws. And uh, we also have a little doggy from Paws. So uh, they're wonderful folks. Wonderful folks. They really are. So Penny came from Paws? Uh, Penny, no. Penny is uh, is from uh, a relative who passed away recently. And uh, we brought Penny into our household. But Maddie, who I had on television back at times, who left us in the last uh, nine months or so. uh, But Penny came from Paws. So and anti cruelty. We've also had little adopt, you know, animals from anti cruelty. They all do such a marvelous job. But pause is really special. Yeah, it really is. So, is it going to rain on our party, or are we safe for tomorrow? It looks like we've got rain in the forecast coming, right? You, you know what? It's going to be scattered, um, and so I would suspect there are going to be many hours in which it's open uh, and that you're okay. But I have a, an umbrella just to be safe. The fact is, Lisa, the pattern we're in is going to produce a huge amount of rain, like the rain we saw over the weekend for a while. So that's good. I think you're okay. Oh, good. That's going to be awesome. So what is happening in the Pacific Northwest? My gosh, those people out there, they can't take 100-degree temps. No. Uh, you know, normally they have that cool air coming in off the Pacific. It's not a region uh, in which you expect 100-degree temps. And yet, you know, it's interesting. Uh, they're going to have them uh, today and tomorrow, too, uh, away from the coast tomorrow. Uh, and it comes a year after that historic heat wave 
that set temperatures up to 117 degrees last June and also established Canada's hottest temperature ever, a temperature of 121 degrees in British Columbia. This is really weird. Uh, and it's a big dome of hot air. And, you know, it's interesting. There it will be a Midwest connection with it from all indications because that's going to shift eastward and into our area next week uh, and probably into the following week. So we've got what could be one of the hottest uh, periods in Chicago of the summer, if not the hottest, but it seems to be coming next week and into the week after if it works out. And it's that Pacific Northwest heat, which will see triple-digit temperatures uh, today out in Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, and areas like that, Lisa, breaking records. And we've yet to see 100 in in the city. So our, our temps at O'Hare, Midway is registered 100, but we haven't had yeah. a 100-degree day yet, officially, right? You're absolutely right. We made it up to 99 degrees. That's the hottest temp we've got going at O'Hare. Midway did have a 100-degree temperature. The last time we had an official 100 at O'Hare was back in 2012, so that was a decade ago. And uh, I don't know if you remember back, Lisa, but 1987 holds the record. That was a year of extreme drought across the country, but incredible heat. And that is the year in which we had 47 days at or above 90, and seven of those were days above 100 degrees. And that's the most... Uh, 90 and 100 degree days we've had in any single year here in Chicago. And that was accompanied by a a horrible drought, which did damage to our crops and everything else. So it's been a while since we've had one of those. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Tom Skilling is with us. Next, we're going to talk about the flooding in St. Louis and figure out about those. uh, I really don't know how tornado sirens work. So I want to talk to you about that because people are upset in Naperville. They said they didn't go off Saturday when that tornado touched down. So details about that. But uh, first to check on traffic with Mary Vandeveld. Chicago's Afternoon News 720 WGN. Tom Skilling is with us. So, Tom, the flooding in St. Louis is stunning. People uh, just watch their cars float away from their own driveways in parking lots of apartment buildings. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, that's occurring on the northern flank of this incredible triple-digit heat down to the south. It's the same sort of setup that produced the over six inches that we had in Lake Bluff uh, over the weekend. Um, and they had over 10 inches just northwest of St. Louis. Looks like their official tally down there will be about 8 inches. Now, that's an area that normally gets for the entire month of July, 3.93 inches. But that rain last night uh, flooded uh, streets, uh, required uh, rescues from automobiles. Uh, They obliterated in five hours' time their all-time city record for the most rain they've ever gotten. And, you know, uh, this is one of those elements that it can be related to the warming climate. At every degree Fahrenheit that the planet warms, uh, the atmosphere is able to hold 4% more water. And if you look at the number of extreme rain events we've been getting in the Midwest, say, since the 1950s, they're up about 37%. So, um, you know, these extreme rains are hit or miss, but when they occur, and they're occurring with increasing frequency, they do incredible damage, and that's what happened last night in St. Louis. So was it, there just wasn't anywhere for the water to go? It wasn't rivers or creeks spilling over necessarily, or was it? Well, I'll tell you one thing. When you rain, uh, when you put 10 inches down on any surface, there is no way 
that that surface is going to be able to absorb all that moisture. A lot of that's going to run off, and so you get standing water and flooding of roads and everything else, basements, and you name it. So uh, it was just the rate at which that rain came. And, you know, in nature, there is no more prolific rain-producing weather system than a thunderstorm. I mean, these, these thunderstorm clouds reach 10 to 12 miles into the atmosphere. They're like columns of, of water. And uh, so you get incredibly intense rainfall. It's one of the reasons why, Lisa, when we have thunderstorms coming in, the sky gets uniquely dark. Uh, the cloud is so thick that it literally blocks the sunlight. And so the skies accompanying it can be really uh, darn ominous, to put it, put it mildly. So St. Louis gets all the rain. Uh, Lake Mead needs the rain. Did you see the World War II Higgins boat that is now visible because of the drought? <laughs> I saw that. You know, I told you we were out there about a month ago. Uh, we're putting together this climate piece we're doing. Oh, Lisa, that is a scene out there. I mean, the water level is down the equivalent of 19 stories. It's down 190 feet. Uh, they've got a marina out there, uh, which they've had to move. It's operated by the Park Service uh, because there's now dry land where the water once was. And it's exposing all these boats and even uh, human bodies. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Uh, yeah. some people have come to uh, a, a pretty uh, horrible end and been put in containers and dropped there thinking that they were obscured from view. But as the lake levels drop, they've had a couple of bodies show up, too. So, And being near Las Vegas, you kind of wonder what happened to those poor devils. But um, at any rate, yeah, boats are, we saw a number of boats that were exposed that had once been completely covered by water. So it's not surprising this is going on. I, I was reading about this, uh, and it turns out these were World War II landing vehicles that probably were taken out to Lake Mead to use out there. They landed in, in, on D-Day on Normandy Beach, some of them. And that was what was exposed. Apparently one of them sunk a couple years ago, and now it's exposed as the water levels drop. Yeah, it's just crazy. And about those bodies, we talked to a reporter in Las Vegas who yeah. really has done the work and believes that those are all mob hits tied to Chicago. Lovely, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like, of course. Gosh, I'll tell you, Lisa, may we manage to make it through life and not wind up in a barrel at the bottom of Lake Mead at some point, huh? Amen. <laughs> so what happened in Naperville? I know we had th what they identified as three small tornadoes over the weekend, yeah. but um, I'm not really sure how tornado sirens are tripped or or why it didn't go off in Naperville. Do you know anything about that? Well, I'll tell you something. Over the years, uh, you know, we for 38 years conducted the, the tornado seminars out in Fermilab, and we'd have a lot of officials in. Each community pretty much is responsible if they have a siren system for setting those sirens off. And many communities um, have their police and their fire people always with their eyes in the sky, as well as other government officials, checking in with them and, of course, citizens. And when there is a tornado spotted, uh, they have a central location where they can initiate the sirens. We have such a setup in Chicago. They can actually turn the sirens on in certain parts of Chicago that are most threatened by an incoming storm. I suspect what happened, these were little bitty tornadoes. I mean, they were EF zeros. That's the lowest scale. They lasted on the order of minutes, uh, weren't on the ground very long, uh, and the damage apparently was not horribly, horribly horrendous in most areas. Um, so I suspect they occurred at a time of the morning when they weren't widely expected. We, we knew there was a threat of isolated severe weather, but it wasn't a mammoth outbreak setup. 
that was setting up. And I suspect being early on a Sunday morning, probably uh, there wasn't the staff there to set them off uh, manually. Uh, these are not initiated, you know, centrally, like by the Weather Service. Although what's happening more and more is they're putting uh, warnings out on our cell phones. So we get them that way at times, too, as well as, of course, we put them on WGN and uh, have warnings on there. In fact, it's interesting. They use the Weather Service uh, weather radio infrastructure to communicate these amber alerts when children are missing. So, but, but each community is responsible for actually flicking the switch on the sirens. Uh, they can be initiated when an official warning comes out, uh, but some communities also supplement, uh, you know, the observations of t- potential tornadoes and set them off themselves when they get a report from their own staff members who are out in the field and suddenly see one developing. That happened a couple of years ago in Lamont, where a police officer was driving along, and he looked up, and here's this tornado. He called the dispatcher, and they turned on the sirens in Lamont. It probably saved lives, because that was an honest-to-goodness serious tornado then. That was years ago. But um, I'm sure they'll look in on it, and, you know, it's events like that that keep us on the ball and keep us on our toes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, I'm sure that'll be investigated thoroughly. All right, Tom, let's get your forecast before I let you go today. Well, it's beautiful. You know, this week is averaging about 8 degrees cooler than last week. Doesn't sound like much, but that's a big change. It'll get a little humid tomorrow, but another big change this week is the humidities are lower. So we've got a little mixed clouds and sun today and tomorrow. Might be an isolated shower late tonight, an isolated shower thunderstorm tomorrow. Now, if you get under one of those, it can rain heavily briefly, but the aerial coverage will be limited, so not everybody's going to see those. And on Thursday, there might be a little shower that bubbles up on, from a partly sunny sky in the afternoon. But then it's a beautiful Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll have a little lake breezes over the weekend, so the beaches will be in the 70s, and daytime highs will be in the low 80s, warming to the mid-80s by Sunday and the upper 80s by Monday. And then I think we're getting into a string of 90-degree weather either Tuesday or Wednesday, starting the next week, and then going through the rest of next week and the following weekend. And we've got some real hot weather coming there, so let's enjoy it. We've got natural air conditioning going this week, uh, to some extent, except for that humidity tomorrow. That's nice. All right, I'm having everyone contribute a number for my Powerball pick. Give me a number. Uh, how about 13? 13. I'll go with that. Thank you, Tom Skilling. <laughs> Lisa, good to talk to you, and uh, I'll talk to you next week if you haven't won the Powerball. And maybe you'll be working <laughs> it. I don't know. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Steve has your news coming up next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. WGN.